1: Now
2: back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block. Austin Norman, Eric Strickland. We turn our attention to our VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We welcome in Brian Munson of Husker Online, keeping us up to date on all things recruiting. Uh, Husker Online, part of the On3 Network. Brian, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Glad here. Yeah, doing well here too. Lots to get to when it comes to recruiting in Nebraska, but before we do that, Brian, um I know you're our high school guy, but I want to I want to talk transfer portal with you here for just a sec. And across the river, Caden Proctor uh, enters the transfer portal uh, from Alabama, starts 14 games for the SEC Champs, ends up at Iowa. I don't think that was much of a shock to many people. But Brian, he made the comment about how Iowa reached out to him midseason, even when he was struggling, and they stuck with him. Is that not the textbook definition of tampering, or does it depend on who the the <laughs> they is that reached out to Caden
1: Proctor? Well, um, to me, it is. Um, I, I think the fact that uh, somebody said this, like, and it's on a record someplace that you know he stated. There was some sort of an existing relationship and that he had been struggling and there was some sort of a, you know, uh, you know, care kind of message to kind of make sure he was taking care of himself and that he was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, giving him some confidence or whatever. I think that there's a little bit of a gray area around those types of types of sentences and types of statements. I know Malachi Coleman has said something similar about staying in touch with Deion Sanders in Colorado earlier on. Um, It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a weird process. Relationships, uh, you know, begin and then all of a sudden they're just supposed to, you know, kind of, uh, just end uh just very very quickly and suddenly with with the commitment or the signing of a piece of paper and i think for like a like a thing with proctor uh, particularly particularly is he he left the state to kind of go someplace else to kind of take a chance on himself and uh take a look after something and that group that was back there you know in the home state you know probably still felt some sort of a connection to them and him and probably there was probably some back and forth anyway. So I, I, I personally, the way it reads to me, I would view that as tampering. Um, look, I I always kind of view it as if you wouldn't involve the NCAA, you know, on the phone call with you three-way call, then you've got something to hide. Mm. And, and I, I'm, I'm very, very sure that Proctor in Iowa wouldn't have wanted the NCAA to kind of listen in on those conversations, um, whether it was just hypothetical or it was just straight outright come back home kind of thing. So, uh, but I, 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 I do believe that that was uh, a slip up and uh, I don't think the NCAA though, however, I'm not, I'm not envisioning or thinking that they're going to do anything about it. So.
2: I don't bring that up to be a hater. It just, it was kind of weird that that kind of went sure. under the radar that, you know, it, it seemed like he said there was tampering going on, essentially obviously it worked out for him and for Iowa in the end, but on the Nebraska side of things, then Brian, one of the guys that might go up against uh, the six eight three 360 pound behemoth in the future, Jordan Ochoa and edge rusher out of Colorado commits to Nebraska last week. What do you make of that commitment?
1: Yeah, it's a preferred walk on. I mean, he's not going to hit the 85 yet. I'm, um, he's a guy that, you know, had, been picking up some Division One interest. and actually committed to Wyoming and then backed off his commitment at the end of September. Kind of bet on himself. Believed in the process. Had a couple of schools at least, you know, kind of keeping tabs on him through the month of January. Nebraska and Colorado State. I think that there would have been several others, um, you know, based on like just his, I'd say his training regimen, just where, how much he was working out, how much his training, uh, you know, his trainer was kind of working for him, you know, to kind of, you know, get him out there, give him some free pub, you know, have some things, some positive things to talk about with him. Um, I think that Ochoa is a very interesting dude. Number one, he's from the state. He's originally from Garing, Nebraska. His dad, originally from Sydney, went down to Nebraska Kearney, uh, and played there. He was a defensive tackle, so played in the same position as me, but he was a few years younger. But then again, there's not many people that aren't. Um <laughs> And uh, I I think that Jordan is an interesting dude because he kind of reminds me body style, kind of, uh, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that he's the exact same dude, but kind of a Cameron Lenhart. Think about Cameron Lenhart and the ability to kind of move him up and down between a two-point and a three-point. The guy that was, you know, playing a three technique in high school at IMG when realistically Nebraska was kind of looking at him to play, you know, two-point, you know, edge rusher, pin your ears back, Uh, and then also could kind of move down, slide down, get a little lighter, you know, get a little more active, maybe put a pass rush group together, um, you know, when it comes to a set. But I I, I think they're very similar sized. I I think that Lenhardt obviously has got some really special tools, but I think Ochoa is the kind of guy that, he wanted an opportunity, and, and I think when you always give those guys a chance, and they bet on, they're betting on themselves. Typically, the results will get there, and 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 I think that that's something to kind of remember with him. So I, I think it's one of those things. It's there's a there's a lot of potential, a lot of upside for Nebraska, and uh, obviously they got a guy that's very motivated and determined,
2: which seems to fit what Matt Rule wants, right? That developmental kind of prospect that wants to bet on themselves um we go from that brian to a bunch of big names in town for nebraska over this past weekend with a huge junior day what were some of your your biggest headlines from this weekend in husker recruiting Uh,
1: let's see i think the one that was maybe the most surprising you know and 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 look i think christian jones is a special special dude Mm -hmm. i think he is going to be really tough to keep home. I I know I've said that now for the last two years between Coleman, uh, you know, and Carter Nelson. I think that both those guys had enough attention, some big time attention to kind of go ahead and get up and leave. Christian Jones is going to have a ton of suitors and he is going to take all of the visits that he can. And he is going to make a very educated guess or a decision. um, But it's going to require him to go to a lot of different places and and take a lot of trips. People are going to be very uncomfortable with the number one guy in the state doing that. That being said, I'm going to go introduce to you the, the very close number two player in the state, in my opinion, right now, Chase Lofton. Mm. Chase Lofton is going to make some people very uncomfortable as well. He is headed to USC this weekend and the weekend after he's going to Alabama. So those two schools have not offered him yet, but they are, that tells you enough. If he feels like he needs to go out there and take a look at it, then that tells you basically everything that you need to know about the seriousness. And if they did decide to come through with an offer, like what it could mean to him potentially, he's also talking about um, visits down to Texas tech and other places after that later in the spring. Um, It's look, the Millard South guys are kind of blowing up, you know, the Isaac Mm -hmm. Jensen sophomore picked up an offer from Iowa state and the Nebraska had to follow for him. Um, I think that there's going to be a couple couple other guys are going to be very very busy in the coming months and and year you know or so before you know they start getting a lot of offers as well. Case Lofton was a big story because of all the stuff he had kind of going on. I think that you get like a guy like Cortez Mills and an Isaiah Mose, the 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 top two wide receivers in town, the 2025 class. Jaden Woods uh, had a lot of great things to say. That's a, that's an edge rusher from from Shawnee, Kansas. Uh, he's another guy that had plenty of good things to say. There are still some guys, headliners that I would you know started texting with and and just kind of couldn't get enough information to kind of get an update with. Like Nick Brooks, he was obviously there from Cedar Rapids. That's the former Iowa commitment, the offensive tackle monster, six foot seven, three hundred and forty pound guy. And then Arkansas running back commitment, Jamarian Parker. Um, He was in town, six foot, 190, loved what he saw. He's gone on a little bit of a tear recently, like with some additional offers. So I think he's got some things to talk about. And then as we kind of turn the page back, just go to 2026 really quick. Jackson Cantwell, Mm -hmm. number one offensive tackle in the country, you know, potentially, you know, kind of a five star plus guy across the board with all three recruiting rankings. Folks, um, you know, mom is from Nebraska. This is his third visit to Nebraska. Great sign because now Georgia and Alabama and Nebraska, the, the three schools that he's visited three times apiece um He will be back, you know, at some other point down the line. I think Nebraska is at least in a very good spot right now. They just got to show some more consistency, I think, for a couple of these higher profile guys. And then when you get a couple guys that are like bordering states, like in neighboring states, like what a Cantwell is. Um, some special things can happen, like a Grant Bricks kind of situation. And, and I think that that would be, that'd be pretty huge for Nebraska to, to be there for that. Cause it's, it definitely seems like Cantwell isn't playing around and isn't kidding anybody. Nebraska is very much in the picture.
2: Okay. A couple things on Cantwell. I'm glad you brought him up. He was one of the guys I was going to ask you about specifically. You said Nebraska needs to be more consistent with some of these, these higher end guys is that yep. coming from these recruits? They say, like, Nebraska's not following up with them enough. Nebraska is wishy-washy. Well, what are you hearing when you say Nebraska needs to be more consistent with these top guys?
1: I'm going to say it's more about the performance of the team on the field. Ah. There is legitimately no questions about the staff, about the facilities, uh, about the players, about the NIL. You can go ahead and take all those things and kind of put them into basically not a lot of other schools are going to beat Nebraska in any of those categories. They're certainly not going to beat Nebraska in all four or five of those categories that I just named off. But you had some inconsistencies on the football field. You're still looking for, like, an offensive lineman to kind of be that guy that you can circle and promote and show development inside the program. Nebraska needs some of those dudes, and they need to improve the win-loss record. They need to be able to show that they can go into the Big Ten, and they're going to be able to hold their own um those are very important things when it comes to these guys because when you're considering georgia right and you're going to be and and obviously alabama is going to have some problems i think in year one just because of all the defections and everything like that but they're going to get it figured out down there you know sooner before other schools would be able to handle those mass defections so you're going to have to compete with those guys in terms of win loss where are you at, like within the rankings? Where are you at within, you know, the 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 scale of trying to win the conference? And of course, how close are you getting to being in the college football playoffs?
2: How would you compare Cantwell to like a Brandon Baker, who we know took some visits to Nebraska last cycle?
1: Yeah, good question. And and I I've said this before. I don't think that they compare very well. And here's why. Uh, you know, I, I stood next to, to Baker. I'm am a, I'm a six-foot, two-and-a-half guy, and Baker was about an inch-and-a-half taller than I was. So that doesn't always scream offensive tackle. Um, he's he's definitely got offensive tackle feet. Um, I don't think he has an offensive tackle body. I think that that's a guy that in, when he ends up getting to Austin, they will find a way to get him, in, get him into the rotation. But I think he's going to be playing inside. I don't think he has that ideal – book and offensive tackle size and length, I think that people are kind of looking for. Jackson Cantwell on the other, on the other hand, he does. That's a six foot six and a half, six foot seven, three hundred and five pound, like sixteen-year-old kid. And he is incredibly powerful. Um you can go through all of his social media on Twitter and check out like what he's doing lifting. Um that gets that kid's moving weight and um like i said he's a young guy he's a really high-end track and field guy too he's a thrower um i just think he's a special athlete i think he has uh, kind of that prototypical length that you look for and the athleticism that you look for when it comes to playing the tackle position and i don't think you're going to get into a situation where you're having to debate whether or not he's you know can play tackle i think you legitimately you're going to look at him and go He checks the box based on his length and his just his his arms and his athleticism. So Baker probably will take some convincing. He's not going to be that prototypical guy just because of his height. Circling
2: back to Chase Lofton, how similar or different are are he and Carter Nelson? And I mean that in the sense of does Nebraska have the playbook for what it takes to convince Lofton to stay in state? Or can you throw that playbook out the window? It's a whole different recruitment and recruitment style with uh, with Chase Lofton.
1: No, they're they've got some similarities, right? They're they're both kind of undersized when it comes to playing the tight end position currently. Um, you know they're about the same height, uh, but I think you know Carter's probably gotten by about ten pounds or so. Um, Carter, we would all agree, you know, while he you know towers kind of over the other wide receivers that either you saw in the Polynesian Bowl or you saw in the All American Game, when you when you really kind of look at him, then next to like a tackle. And playing more of a hand in the dirt tight tight end spot, he's not really that guy. And, and I don't think anybody really kind of intends for Carter to be that guy. And nobody would either with Chase. Chase is going to be, you know, kind of a hybrid, you know, flex style tight end, maybe a guy that they'll motion around a little bit, maybe even a guy that's going to be like a Keelan Smith that really will be more in the wide receiver room as a as a freshman and then potentially see where his body kind of takes him. He has got a wide receiver skill set. He's got great soft hands, he moves incredibly well. He's a he's a decent enough route runner to where you can go ahead and say something like that. Um and he's a great athlete. And and I think that those things right there are very similar to Carter. I think that you know people are People have been judging Carter because of, hey, he doesn't play 11 man football. It's a huge jump to Big Ten. Well, you just saw what he did in the Polynesian mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, and that was against some of the nation's best kind of recruits with his future quarterback. I think Nebraska needs to have a plan. And I think that they have to have a plan about how to kind of bring him along. I think that Chase Lofton would be a very similar scenario. I think he would come in. He would be a, a, an exceptional athlete. I think he would show that he was ready, that he had a skill set that maybe doesn't like end up being what you're kind of envisioning it to be, you know, two or three years down the road, but he's too good basically to, to to leave laying around. You have to get him, you know, start using him right now and then kind of develop him into that, that longer term vision down the road. That's, that's similar to Carter. And, and I do, I do feel like they are kind of a similar guy. Carter's just, I think a little bit more put together, a little bit heavier right now, but Chase can be there in a year.
2: Um, the other guy I want to ask you about that stood out to me from junior day, Brian, was it the running back position? Position Does Ethan Walker talk about a bordering yep. state, a guy from down a way more peculiar in Missouri? That's a top 50 national guy, 5'11", 190. How serious is Nebraska on him and vice versa?
1: Very, very. That was one of the first guys I caught up with um, on Saturday night. Loved his visit. The the coaches have made such an impression on him and his parents and his family and as a whole, um, I think that they are really eyes open to the whole possibility that Nebraska could be a real contender for their child. Um, he's you know a good size back. You know, like you said, he's a twenty twenty six guy. So he's you know you, you're you're looking at a guy that's got a couple more years. He'll only be a junior in the fall. Very productive season last year. Um, came from the same high school as the tight end that went to, uh, Alabama, Jaden Bradell. Um, so the, you know, it's a, it's a successful place that, that turns out a lot of division one talent and he's kind of the latest in this, in this long run of division one guys, but he could be very, very special. And I think Nebraska has got their eyes on, on him to, to kind of be that top guy in the 2026 class.
2: Anything else about junior day? We didn't hit Brian.
1: Um, you know, I think that everybody that still likes to go there, they're, they're still seeing more bits and pieces of like the facilities opening up and things that are brand new. Everybody is just blown away by all of the things that they're seeing there in the facilities. People love going to the game at the PBA on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Um, I think there'll be another Junior day this weekend. I don't know a lot about who's going to be there. We only know of a few guys that are going to be there in town right now um so just stay tuned and we'll see what else happens this weekend and then uh and then obviously there's an official visitor in town too they'll be gone tomorrow morning i believe so yeah a couple more things to kind of get through over the next week or so
2: there you go we'll uh, try to have you on next week to recap it in the meantime though we would like to direct people to husker online part of the on three network check out brian's work there of course you have plenty of uh Brian's coworkers on our airways as well. They do great work over there. Could not recommend that subscription more. Brian, as always, appreciate the time. We'll catch up after uh, Junior Day 2.0 next week. Wonderful. Talk to you next week. There he is. Brian joins us on our VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. It's therapy time. Jay formed in the building. Two good weekends in a row. We'll talk him through his tough weekend as part of the crossover next.